Welcome to the next episode of the People Plus Art Podcast. This is David Castaneda, and I'm so happy to be able to sit down with my good friend, Diego Velasquez. Diego is an amazing percussionist, and he's also the founder and leader of the 16-plus piece timba band, Maracuya. We're going to talk about the origins of Maracuya, San Diego as a music scene, and also some of the community leaders that have touched us all down here operating in the San Diego music scene. Hope you enjoy it. Okay, and we're live. I have here Timbero Mayor number one of San Diego, <laughs> the one and only Diego Velasquez. Man, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Thank you for coming out. Uh, we've been talking about this for a long time, for a while we've been talking about this, so I'm glad we finally got to sit down. And we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about uh, the scene down here in San Diego, lots of Cuban music. We're going to talk about some super important community leaders down here in music. Uh, so this is all going to be San Diego-based and kind of LA-based as well, SoCal-based Um but first and foremost, what I always like to ask people is, where's home? All right, well, that's a good question. Well, David, thanks for having me, bro. It's an honor, you know, and uh, yeah, we have, we've had to reschedule this, I think, three times, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, about three times. But for me, well, I mean, San Diego, California is home, specifically Chula Vista. Um, I spent, I mean, I grew up in Bonita, but I spent a lot of time in West Chula because that's where I went to, like, elementary school, and that's where, like, my grandma, well, that's where my grandmother lived, and so my mother and, you know, and her, uh, Brothers and sister also grew up there, so nice. I spent a lot of time in West and uh, East Chula Vista. Um, so yeah, that's that's where home is, man. Nice, yeah, and it's been home. It's been home, for, you know, my whole life. So, talk to me a little bit about Chula Vista, man, because like I'm from Oakland originally, and when I first came down here to San Diego, I wasn't really familiar with like the huge Chicano presence that is here and all the historical Chicano presence that's here. Uh, Chula Vista, National City, Barrio Logan. Oh yeah. What was it like growing up? Like, what was that presence felt? Um, I would say so. I mean, even going to school it was majority Mexican American. Mm. You know, we had we did have uh, those uh, individuals coming from Tijuana to come to school because I went to Catholic school. Mm -hmm. So I've always, I never felt like I was like you know like alone in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was always felt. It was always felt. I mean, uh, my dad, you know, being a professor at SDSU, made sure that uh, we were well aware of that kind of history. Mm -hmm. You know, and that background being Mexican American. And then he would take us to Chicano Park, you know, it's always on that um, anniversary, you know, to Chicano Park Day. So um, the presence was always felt, um, you know, for me, I, I have come to believe that uh, all the best, uh, all the best Mexican food is south of the 54, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, but that's just my humble opinion. OK. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it definitely. Is, it's always been felt. Um, I know that, for example, and we could talk about uh, him and his jam uh uh, more later, but yeah. Bill, I know Bill had his jam session down in on Third Avenue. In Bill Caballero, shout yeah. out Bill yeah, Caballero, so shout out to Bill, the one and only. Yeah, so he was there. Uh, ha he it used to be called Frutas or something. Frutas that sold. Oh, I don't know. I don't even know if it's there anymore. Okay, but I remember hearing about his jam there, and this mm -hmm. is when I was like in in high school. So I was just starting to like discover like Cuban music at that time too. Mm. But um, hey, and even the B side players, nice. you know, are from yeah. are from uh, Chula Vista, right? So yeah, I would say it's always been there. It's always been there. Yeah, we have to take a minute to talk about Bill, man. Because, like, Bill, like, he, uh, so when I first came down to San Diego and I started falling in, love, falling in love with this place and the city and the scene and everything, one of the first jam sessions that I went to, so I was hanging out with my, my good friend Kamal Kenyatta, who I've talked to before in this podcast, and he was like, you know, there's, there's a jam session, but there's a percussionist I want you to meet. His name is Charlie Chavez. And the jam session was Bill's jam session that used to be, 
Is there a place called Caminito or something like that in down uh, Gaslamp kind of or downtown? It used to be next to 98 Bottles or something. It was it was no. Well, it's like like a like a Mexican spot. Yeah. So if it was in 98 Bottles, that would have been Little Italy then. Little Italy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, that was see, that was before. Oh, I think really? that was before me. Caminito, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. This was like 2010 to 13, something like that. Okay, so when I started going is when. Uh, I would say it was 2009, 2010 is when I started going, uh-huh. maybe 2011. Okay. But by that time, if memory serves correctly, it was at Bosalta. Bosalta, okay. Yeah, which is in Barrio Logan. So this place, this place was there next to in, in Little Italy, and uh, I walk in and I meet Charlie, another fantastic percussionist that we have here in San Diego and Tijuana, amazing, amazing musician, and he was playing in Bill's Jam, mm-hmm. um, and this was one of the first times, or he was playing with Gilbert Castellanos. I met him, and then he told me to go to Bill's Jam. Um, th- there was two. There was a Gilbert Castellano Latin Jazz Jam, and then uh, it used to be, what is it, Gilbert Castellanos, uh, Michael Gein, Charlie Chavez. And Irving. Rob and Irving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I met Charlie there, and he was like, no, 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 you got to come to Bill's. So that's when I first went. You're right. This must have been at, at Vosalta. This is years ago now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, 10 years ago. 10 yeah, years ago. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Um, so I walk into this place, and here's this man, Bill, right? And this guy is just for years and years and years, he was the one that was kind of the the entryway. He's like the gateway to all of this stuff here in, in San Diego that is Cuban music, Latin music. Yes. Um, Gilbert Castellanos, he he's very much like jazz forward, Latin jazz facing, you know, that's great. But Bill, you know, he he has this community of people that follow him around that's very, very close to the community here, the Mexican-American community, uh, the Caribbean community here. And like you're saying, he he's constructed this jazz jam or this Latin jazz jam, I should say, that is like legendary amongst amongst all of us here, you know. And you've told me before that's where you started. You that's, almost yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember. Um, I think I think this must have been 2010 uh-huh. because I had just got. I mean, the year before 2009, I went to Cuba and that was my second trip there. Oh, and man. that's where I took my first drum lessons. Wow, this was that was in La Habana, and so Ooh, I, sounds religious I remember, almost. Yeah, yeah, man. So I remember. Um, when I came back, um, my uncle Saul, Saul Silva, Saul Timba, yeah. he uh, was like, hey, man, uh, we're going to go to this jam session. It's a Thursday night. Um, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to come with me. Like, oh, little, nice. I'm like, all right, cool, let's go. Yeah. So I remember walking in and I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I was like, whoa, I had no idea this existed. Yeah. And I remember Tommy Aros was playing timbal. Oh, and my he, God. he had his. His gamba timbal is set up on like this tiny stand, so he was playing seated too. Yeah, yeah. And I'd never seen that before either, because I'm just like entering this world of yeah. music. And so I remember they were just crushing it, man. Yeah. And I can't remember who else was there. I don't remember who was on congas. I'm not sure if it was Charlie or someone else, but I remember specifically Tommy being mm-hmm. on timbal and mm-hmm. and then just hearing just Bill, you know, crushing it on trum- on trumpet and yeah. and out, man. I'll never forget that. I'll never yeah. forget that like that moment and. You know, and I just played bongo, I think, for like one song. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I remember going back. I'm like, you know, I gotta go every week. And yeah. When I went back home, I, I just was like so stoked that that I found this place because now I get to go and hopefully work up, be work up my chops to get good enough to play with these guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Tommy, Tommy's playing with Luis Miguel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, shout out Tommy Aros. Yeah, Tommy Aros. So yeah. Um. Yeah. There's that's one of the first things I remember, especially at Bosalta. So Bosalta, this was an art gallery in Barrio Logan. That this place just had a vibe. Like you walked in and it was exactly what you wanted it to be. It was, you know, it was not some like high-end performance space. It was it was an art gallery and it was a little too reverbery, you know, and it was 
super was, hot. And it was roots. roots. Yeah, roots. You walk in, but the it was just. I mean, I'll never forget. Uh, Changuito, Jose Luis Quintana came down to San Diego and went there, and I'll never. That was like religious. That was religious, and Absolutely. that was, if I'm not mistaken, that's that was one of Bill's jams that that was. Yes, and and so, dude, like exactly like you said, I I I had always thought because that like from 2009 onwards when I went deep yeah. deep into music on my own, mm -hmm. right? And I remember um, I had always thought that I would have to go to Cuba to study with with Changuito, mm -hmm. and then word got around. I can't remember who. I think it was probably Saul that told me that. Changuito was in LA yeah. and then that Charlie Chavez was bringing him down to San Diego. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is like happening. Like yeah. I have to take a lesson. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so, I mean, I remember taking the lesson with him and that was, that was intense. But I, but I, but luckily, <laughs> yeah. you know, thank you. Thank you, Bill, yeah. for, um, you know, always making sure that when I would go to his jams, he'd be like, hey man, go home and practice. Yeah. All right. Go home and work. Actually go home and practice, dude. All right. Yeah. And then come yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. And so that to me was always like, okay, okay, I'll go home and I would practice because yeah. I had a goal every week. It's like, I'm gonna be better every time I go to Bills. Yeah, yeah. And but I remember, you know, I, sitting in the in in the lesson with Changuito, thinking, "Wow, like, I can't believe it. Like, I I always thought mm -hmm. I was gonna have to go back to Cuba to study with him. Instead, he came here. Came to San Diego. That's crazy. Yeah, man. It's that time was nuts too because so I studied with Julio Areas, who studied with Changuito, Giovanni, Anga. Like he he was. I mean, this guy's a genius. Shout out to Julio. Um, he taught me everything I knew. So Changuito was, as you know, like that, that's the guy that, you know what I mean? That's my guy. So when he came down to San Diego, I, I was lucky enough to be able to set up a show at UCSD because I was going to UCSD at the time. Shout out to Brian Ross and UCSD. They have like a different thing going on there now. Uh, but we set a show up there. We had a master class there. But the Voz Alta night was incredible. You yes. know, it was, it was like what you would want to see in a movie. That's Absolutely. exactly what it was. And again, it's all thanks to Bill because Bill has this, like you're saying, he's created this space where, I mean, it's touched me. That was like my first foray actually into the San Diego music scene. It was through Bill. Like Bill was the one that started hiring me and calling me. He's the one that got me into all of this. Um, I have nothing but respect and like thanks and gratefulness to that guy. And it's so cool that there's so many musicians like yourself and around all of San Diego that, you know, the it's the same it's the same thing that's how we all met each other you know how we met many many different people in the scene i, I know a lot of the dancers love the jam um that's how i met a bunch of the dancers as well that guy has been like at the center of so much of the community here in the music community latin music community here in san diego you know so it's it's cool to be able to hear all these stories you know and know that you <laughs> came out of there because that guy's stamping is, is on all of us you know what oh, i mean absolutely yeah i mean to me when when uh Charlie was bringing him to the jam. Yeah. I remember, I think even I was telling like the musicians I knew mm -hmm. and even my friends like, dude, this is going to be a big deal tonight. Yeah. I remember I was looking forward to that. I yeah. I couldn't wait. Yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah. like going to go off. Even even my dad showed up. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it was, it was a event. big deal. And I'd never seen Wilsanta so packed. Your, the record that's signed by him? Right there. there. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That's Did you get that signed that night? Or at the loft? No, at the loft. At the loft. But that's oh, that okay, same okay. stretch of time. That's a, he was. You see, and here's the thing: that show was only 21 and up, right? No, I think it was no. No, because no. I couldn't go to it. Really? No. You know which one I couldn't go to? Huh. It was the one right there. It used to be called a Club Caribe. Oh, I don't know about yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, about weren't you performing on that one? I don't know. No, I can't remember. It's so long ago. Maybe. Maybe. Well, <laughs> that's I know, the one I remember very well. Charlie Chavez was in that band, right? Uh, Who was in that band with Changuito when you guys performed with him? 
it was a bunch. Of, I, I mean, Julio even came down. Julio came down. Okay, like okay, everybody okay. was in that band. So, okay, got it. I well, mean, I know Charlie was there. One of those shows I couldn't make it because oh, it was weird. age restricted because I had not turned twenty one yet. Weird. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, or maybe I just did, and maybe I didn't. I don't know. But anyway, probably, yeah. But probably. but either way though, I'll never forget. Everybody showed up. Yeah. Everybody, the all the musicians that showed up. Every, yeah. Yeah. There was a little drum set. Um, Mike Adasol showed up with oh, his little drum set. Nice. Yeah. And Changuito got on it and played. I'll never forget. Changuito's feel, it was just incredible. It's on, man. It's it on. was incredible. I remember Omar was there. He yeah. was playing bass. And right. it was just like, just, and then his student, Brian De La Fe. Yes. Dude, Brian De La Fe was incredible. Amazing. Playing He's, the bata with his feet. Yeah, the exactly. Pedals. He had two onconcolos, the totale and the, uh, yeah, he was sitting on those. Yeah. He, he created this contraption because he said his, his dad is a, like a contractor. Oh. So they had the tools and the know-how to build this kind of rig. Yeah, yeah. So he could, you know, yeah, play the onconcolo parts with his feet. And then and it was just an incredible thing to see. Yeah. But he was also an incredible singer. Yeah. I will never forget. That was the best version of El Cuarto de Tula that will ever yeah, exist yeah. coming coming from that house band that yeah, night. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know, because Brian De La Fe was crushing yeah. it on the vocals. He yeah. was crushing it. And I remember we extended the song. Everything was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Added new chorus. It was like my first full-on like, yes. Like yeah. this is this is what this music is really like. I'm actually experiencing it, right? Uh -huh. Like, you know, it wasn't cool. I was watching it. Yeah. But like that, to actually be able to play along and to yeah. play with Changuito and everyone was there. Yeah, yeah. It's a, there was actually incredible pictures taken that night. Oh, really? Yeah, I yeah. think I've seen them. Yeah. That's something I like to talk about a lot. Um, so like when I'm teaching, we have a really weird kind of experience here with music in the United States where there we go somewhere and we see the music, right? Like there's audience and performer. So if you're an audience member, you sit there and you watch. Maybe you dance a little bit. It's a big divide. It's a big divide, right? And then if you're a performer, you're on a stage. Right. But in other places in the world, there, that relationship doesn't exist. Right. So for this jam, this Vosalta jam, we were all there. Like it was like present. Right. And there were people playing for sure. But we were also singing. We were dancing. We were like playing whatever, all the rhythms on our bodies. It was crazy. Like Santana's, the walls were sweating. You know what I mean? Right. Like it was crazy. <laughs> it was such a, a good experience, a crazy experience. You know, so again, the, the whole reason why we're talking about this is Bill. Like, Bill was the one that made all this possible. He's, yeah, his jam. Yep. Bill's the reason why I met you. Yes, exactly. Bill's exactly. the reason why I met all of the San Diego crew down here, the musicians. You know, I mean, I talk a lot about community, especially among the musicians, but also amongst the dancers, right? Like, the dancers have been... One thing I've tried to do a lot in the time that I've been here in San Diego is bring in the dancers, put, put, put everyone together, because those moments are really... Like, we're talking about now, that was 10 years ago. And we're still talking about it. And I'm like getting chills in the back of my neck going back to think about that. You know what I mean? It's that's like one of my core memories. Right. So to yeah. have everyone together and protect that is like, then you know, and again, I, all I can say is thank you, Bill, for putting that together. Thank you for everyone. Who we, was love you, there. Yeah, we love man. you, Bill. Yeah, man. We love you to death. Dude. Yeah, man. Right. So, yeah, incredible, incredible. And that's again, the, the community down here in San Diego is incredible just in general. Right. Like right. The, there's people that show up to Bill's Jam. They're not musicians. You know, they're not dancers they're just aficionados and they support so much so it's it's really really cool to be down here now and see all of that like from the ground level as right. opposed to before when i was you know just a student and then i <laughs> went to a place i won't name for a long time <laughs> well it was it was the school at the other school the other part of our education right yeah you yep. know okay yeah we're working on our instrument we're working on our craft but we also have to know how to facilitate that you know yeah. and bill bill did that very effectively yeah and i mean now it's cool that we get to do that yeah, you know, we get to do that with Kini Kini and with Maracuya. We get to, you know, put on these shows. And yeah, like you said, I think 
even more so the jam is 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 it's cool because it's on a Thursday night. Yeah, you can go there after work. Yeah, yeah. It, there's it's less formal. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. than I think. I mean, our events are not as formal, but you know, our events you know have this vibe to them where yeah. Bill's is like, no, you come and you hang as, as you want, yeah. as you as you are exactly as you are exactly. And the thing that should be noted too is Bill, he refuses to charge cover. Yeah, he refuses. He yeah. refuses to charge cover. And again, the, the reason why is because he wants people to just come in and hang. He wants yes. people to just be part of it. Truly a community thing. A community thing. And if you know, if this goes out to any channels, if you want to support anything community wise in San Diego, support the Bill Caballero Jam. Like that, that he is purposeful. I've worked with him. He's purposefully like, no, no cover. I want people to just come and enjoy and be part of it. And that's hard. I mean, as we both know, we're putting on our events now of our own. That's hard to do. It's it very is. difficult to figure out a way to just put together something and have everyone paid where people don't have to worry about, you know, coughing up 20 bucks, 25 bucks, plus another 10 or 20 for parking. Right. Exactly. To just come enjoy some music, you know. Exactly. So, yeah, it's super important. Um, so that's, man, we got like a huge tangent about the jam, but <laughs> super, super, super important. Talk to me more about everything that you got going on now. So um, I know you as this tremendous band leader. You have this amazing band that I'm happy, happy, and proud to be a part of called Marukuya. Talk to us a little bit how about this developed. I know that you, we kind of heard a little bit about your your entrance in the Cuban music and your studies in Cuba. How did this materialize into what we know as Marukuya now? How did that happen? Well, where do I start? I mean, I guess I'll touch on the on the Cuba connection. Yeah, you gotta talk about so, Smokey too. Right, yeah, exactly, I know, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, um, you know, my dad, uh, you know, I'm very grateful that he exposed me to a lot of different types of music, right? You know, he really showed me the music that he grew up with, like, you know, the Beatles, right? I mean, James Brown, mm. Earth, Wind, and Fire, right? oh, all yeah. the stuff that he grew up listening to. I mean, you name it, um, you know, reggae music as well. So, I, you know, he introduced me to world music, really, mm. right? So I remember listening to to music from South America, right? And of course, he fell in love with Cuban music and Cuban culture because he was working, if I recall correctly, for the State Department when the Mariel Boatlift happened. Whoa. So that's how he got exposed to Cuban culture. Now, obviously, he knew about Afro-Cuban stuff because of Santana, right? Yeah. Or like Malo and those, mm-hmm. and those kinds of groups. Um, but um, he eventually ended up uh, going to Cuba. I think he went in 99. Mm. So um, 99 or 2000. And he just fell in love with it, and he would, and he eventually uh, would, you know, began to take students oh, wow. as a professor. You yeah. know, there was like this in, this exchange I think he had, or some kind oh. of connection with the University of La Habana, I think. Okay. Yeah, but and then so eventually I became old enough to go, mm-hmm. and so he took me in 2007. If I recall correctly, that was the first trip. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we were just vacation, just checking it out. Yeah. The second time going back though, it's like, no, I want to learn how to play music. Right. Like I want to, I want to study. So on the second trip, which was in 2009, that's when um, I went back and we got connected with this with this conguero that mm. that he knew and that Saul because Saul would always go on these trips. So I, I believe that's how Saul also got his start. Oh wow! Yeah. So I'll never forget. I think we were in uh, La Habana Vieja, and and uh, his name is Pepito, and he lived at the very top. I think I don't. I can't remember how many stories. Maybe like three or four. Mm. Maybe a little bit more. I don't remember, but. But I remember showing up like, okay, you know, these are the lessons. You know, my dad was dropping me off. Like, I think I was like at 11 or something like that. Mm. I remember looking up and and uh, Pepito's son, this little kid, just hang, just sitting on the ledge of this tall building. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. And then they're like, all right, okay, cool. And then they got the drums, right? Yeah. I think a friend dropped them off. Wow. And we had to carry them. And, dude, back then, dude, I was like the scrawny kid, yeah. right? 
And then, and so I remember, I'll never forget carrying the congas up to study, right? Wow. Like these rickety stairs. You know how the buildings are yeah. like falling apart. So yeah. Never forget that we get up there, okay, it's like a small little apartment. Honestly, around the size of your place. Too. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then we just started studying, man. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love with it, dude. It was old school training, you yeah. know, as you know, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. if my hand went too far up on the drum, mm-hmm. get a little smack with the stick. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, but that was a great experience, man. I'm glad that that's how it started for me. Yeah. You know, and that I, and that I powered through. Yeah. You know? Cause I'm like, dang, this is like intense, right? Like I was intense and very nervous, but I, I wanted to learn. Yeah. So, um, you know, fast forward a little bit, come back, right? Do the jam, mm-hmm. get better, better and better. Study seriously, meet Changuito, mm-hmm. work on my mano secreta technique. Yeah, yeah. Right. So through the years, man, just playing, you know, playing all the gigs. Um, it's been a great honor for me to be able to say, like, I've pretty much done almost all the gigs, dude, here in San Diego. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like even playing with like um, B-side players, mm-hmm. Surefire, so even branching out from the Afro Cuban stuff. But it was still always a dream of mine, man, to play to play the Cuban stuff, to play timba. Yeah. And um, I remember after, after I think this was in 2018, 2000, yeah, it was 2018, 2019, is when, um, you know, Omar and I, Omar Lopez, we started mm-hmm. uh, playing regularly in downtown. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we would go back and we would have like these late night burritos, it would be like two or three in the morning. Nice. Uh, yeah, because we would hit up this this taco shop that's on in, in West Chula. Mm-hmm. Off, I think it's off a of third, and it was just open twenty four hours mm-hmm. basically. So we just started talking, and I told him like you know how I just felt that I really wanted to to make something happen, but towards the Cuban style and kind of take a different approach with mm-hmm. it, right? Not make it like this regular gigging thing, but more something special. Yeah, and commit to like the like the size of it. Mm-hmm. At first, we were like, no, let's just do ten or eleven people. Yeah. But then, you know, uh, you know, we we actually ended up booking a gig. Mm-hmm. We did this ragtag show in 2019 at uh, the Rabbit Hole. Oh yeah, yeah, it was it was like, like ragtag. I remember we hit up Willie last minute. Yeah, yeah. And we sent him the charts because we had Jesse uh, charted charted uh, uh, the the tunes that we were playing. Mm-hmm. And I remember we called uh, uh, Willie, the trombone player. He's like, hey, dude, I don't think I could play this stuff, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 just, just don't worry about it, dude. We're just going to go and do the game. Yeah, yeah. Because there was not much organization at the time. Yeah, and it's also and super we, hard music. It's super crazy hard, hard music. music. Yeah. yeah, and so I remember we go and we played it, but it was fun, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. we had a blast. It was one of those where, like, we're going to go for it. Mm-hmm. And you know what, dude? It's because I think there was this element of, like, okay, we haven't done this music before. Yeah. We're just going to go for it yeah. and actually, like, try. Mm-hmm. And it was fun and kind of failing in that way, you know. It was yeah. a, I don't know, a successful failure, I guess you want to call it that way, because we're playing, we're actually attempting the songs we like. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I'll never forget. It was a great time. Mm-hmm. Even afterwards, everyone hung out. We all had a blast. Um, and then, okay, we, you know, we take a break, right? Because I'm like, you know, I'm looking for work, and and I was just kind of focusing on that on my personal life. And and then the pandemic hits. Yeah. Right. And nobody's gigging, nobody's working. You know, obviously, you know, during that time, I remember when I was working at uh, Sharp Chilla Vista at the hospital, okay. so I got to see everything that was going on wow. inside. Yeah, um, but she then, but then once, tra- yeah, was a bit traumatic. Oh really. well, it was scary because you know, at first I'm like, whoa, like this is like two weeks into my job already, almost a month, and like there's already talk about you know the, about COVID. I'm like, well, what's gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. We were implementing restrictions, so that was that was like an interesting experience. I'm mm-hmm. glad I got to see how that worked. And so, um, you know, obviously, okay, well, we're shutting down and then, you know, the restrictions were kind of changing. And then um, that's when I, you know, f- was talking to Omar and Brian. I'm like, okay, you know, we, we should do something, you know, because I, um, one of our friends, uh, John Brooks, 
he was putting on curbside concerts, right? Outdoors, like socially distanced events. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so um, after talking to to Omar and Brian, we're like, well, maybe we should do something. We, yeah. we'll, do, we'll, be, we'll do it responsibly, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we'll wear masks. We'll, we'll start at least laying the foundation for, for, the, for Maracuya again. Yeah. And so um, that's when I, 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 hit, I hit you up for the second time. So, yeah, Because yeah. in 2020, it was Kiko that was playing mm -hmm. congas, mm -hmm. right? And then he got hurt. Yeah. And so he unfortunately couldn't continue. And I remember, okay, so 2020, we do another kind of ragtag thing. Mm -hmm. We do a Cripside concert. And I believe it was in November of 2020. It was the fall. Yeah, yeah. And and that was cool. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was kind of like, okay, it's a learning process for me too. Mm -hmm. uh, because I've never done anything like that before, dude. I've Running never, a band this is my hard. first time being a band leader, man. It's hard, man. <laughs> it's hard. You think, you, yeah, it's, I mean, we could talk about that too. But you think it's one thing. You think it's like, oh, you know. It's just logistics. Why don't you tell everybody to figure it right. out? You, right. No, it's so right, much right, right. more. No. So much more. Well, the funny thing is, I could see why so many people don't want to do it. Yeah. But I'm. But I. But doing it, like honestly, I'm down. It's. I'm. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm glad. Like, like I. I see. To me, that it's rewarding at the end. It's yeah. always rewarding at the end to to put it together. And, mm -hmm. But I enjoy the process too. Yeah. I do enjoy that process. So, um. So yeah. So we do. We do a curbside concert, a smaller one, mm -hmm. in 2020, outside of our friend John Brooks' house. It was great. But then it's like, okay, we got to do it again. Mm -hmm. And this time we got to make sure we, we do it right. So mm -hmm. now the band is getting bigger, mm -hmm. right? And so now this time we commit to having it be 16 musicians. 16. Yeah. Three. And so that's when I think I called you January of 2021 or something like that. I don't, I don't even remember. know how you knew I was yeah. down here because well, I had just moved down in September. Well, Jesse told me to call you, but oh, okay. he's like, well, he might have to come from LA. I'm like, okay. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. I remember. I'll never forget. Because I, I was like, I remember I was sitting at home and you're like, hey, man. I'm like, who told him? Because I was I was writing the dissertation. I'm like, I'm purposefully not telling anyone I'm here, you know, because <laughs> I'm writing this dissertation. I'm, I'm trying like in a cave. Uh, that, so that's what it was. That's good. That's, that's what it was. Is I'm, I'll never forget this because I was on my break and I went to the very top because at the top of the hospital is where like the they have like where you can get their food like the food court. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember I was on my break and I was talking to Jesse. He's like, he's like, no, call David. I was like, okay. So I remember sitting down and that's when I called you. And yeah. dude, the last time I had seen you. Mm -hmm was at a party at a house not too far from where I live in Bonita. It was like Rancho, it was Rancho del Rey, I think. And it was your homie that was there doing his his thesis on drum set. He wears glasses. Chris Rios, shout out to yes, Chris Rios. Yes, it was Rios. Chris, it was, it was Chris. It was somebody's party. It was somebody's, it was somebody's party. party. You yeah. didn't have to come and you, I brought my, my yeah, galaxies. Yeah. We were hanging out, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, good memory. Yeah, so that was that was the last time I had seen you. Yeah, and yeah. I don't even remember when that was. Yeah, that's. I don't remember. Must have been like 2015. Because I think you were coming back and visiting. Yeah. yeah because yeah. You, I think you had moved up to LA by then, right? I was in LA. So it must have been yeah. like 2015, 16 or something. So you had hit me up out of, out of the blue. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, dude? Like, yeah. you know, and then, okay, sure. Because you sent me an address. I was like, dude, it's down the street from my house. Yeah, why not? So that was cool. That was like a fun time. And and so that that was the last time we had spoken yeah. until I called you yeah. to ask you if you wanted to join the band. Yeah, yeah. Which was, let me ask you, when I don't know if you remember the conversation. Nah. You don't remember the conversation? Okay. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. I mean, it was positive, of course, okay. right? Well, because I think the, the to me, you know, it's kind of, I, you know, I want to make sure that I'm very clear to to everyone who's in the band or even, like, even if we have to call someone else, right? I've always yeah. been very clear, like, okay, this is what the project is. Yeah. This is what it's going to entail. I'm being totally upfront and honest, yeah. right? It's 
We're doing a curbside concert, so it's not any money. Yeah, and yeah. And even if we start doing gigs, this is what I hope to achieve and provide for you guys. But it is going to yeah. take rehearsals and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I remember you saying that. I remember, yeah, I mean, one of the things I appreciate about you is you're a very clear, efficient communicator with things like that. I mean, one of my biggest pet peeves working in the music industry and the arts industry is, hey, man, you free on Saturday? Yeah. Okay, cool. See you there. Like, yo, oh, yo, yeah, yo, 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 hold on, hold on. You know, hold on. What about the, what about the bread? You know, what are, <laughs> what are we parking? Like, oh, what are we playing? You know? Yeah. So you communicated all this really, really clearly up front. Um, and for me, it was just kind of like, oh, wow, we're going to, we're going to play theme by with this many people. Do you want me on, put me on whatever. I'm down. <laughs> you know, like that's because where else? Like where right. else? Where else? Like not even in LA where they, was I aware of people playing that kind of music? I mean, there were of course theme by bands in LA, but the way that you were approaching it and the specificity with which you were making all of this true to form, right? I was, man, yeah, let's do it. I don't care if I'm not getting paid. Like, let's, <laughs> all the homies are there too. Yeah, let's do it. You know, it's cool. I was just excited, and I was, you know, and I was like, wow, very, very, very cool to get the gig and the call. You know, and then that show was crazy. That yeah, show that, was so April so 2021. Yeah, yeah, I believe it was the 25th. I think we did it, which yeah. was a can't remember if it was a Sunday or a Saturday, but I remember I think it was the 25th. But yes, because now that was also my first, that was like my intro into marketing. Yeah. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to like come up with the marketing and, yeah. the, you know, marketing campaign so people will know about it. Right. And um, and so, uh, yeah, we were rehearsing and now like, okay, we ha we're building up to this, which was exciting. Yeah. Right. It was, yeah. It was really exciting. And, um, you know, shout out to Mark, to mm -hmm. Mark Lamson for letting us use his space to rehearse sure. this massive band, yeah. 16 piece band. Right. And uh, that was a good time because also that's when, um, you know, now we're also like the dancers are coming also to be a for part sure. of this, too. And for so sure. very shout out to Iroko, right? Yes, Iroko. to Priscilla. Thank you so much for coming out. And so, yeah, and I'll never forget. OK, so cool. You know, we uh, the day comes. Yeah. And I'll never forget when. Oh, OK, we're showing up. We're setting up. Right. You know, and I'm like, oh, man, the show, like it's not the show's going to start like in 15 minutes. Right. We were all there. Everyone's on yeah. time. Right. Except for Mark. Mark showed up right before we started, like the minute before. Yeah, he does what he wants. Yeah, he does what he wants. Yeah. But, um, well, he's a Weedle player, dude. He's not, he doesn't have much of a load in, right? But but anyway, like, I'm like, where is everybody? I'm like, are we going to play play for no one? Oh, that was yeah, my fear people, because yeah. nobody showed up until yeah. right when we started, when people started setting everything up. It yeah. was like, okay, all right, cool. We have a crowd. Right, I was like, right. Oh, my God. Okay. And... um and there was, dude, we packed the street, man. But it yeah. was cool. And I was, the other thing, too, I was like, oh, God, I hope the police don't show up. <laughs> that was the other thing. That's what I was we thinking. we played for an hour. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was like, we, where are the cops at? Because yeah. this is a lot of people. And again, this was like. How many COVID, people do you think we had? There was at least 100 there. Okay. At least 100 people yeah. for COVID yeah. in the middle of the street. Yeah. Like, that was that was a big deal. Yeah. You know, so I thought we were going to get shut down. But people brought out, what do you call them? Like the, the, the not canopies. Tops, the, the canopies, the canopies yeah, yeah, yeah. and their beach chairs yeah. and everything. It was, exactly. It was a good vibe. It was yeah, good. that was blast, man. I had so much fun. Yeah. I felt very accomplished, you know, because it was literally a process. You know, we put the pro like, I, you know, to me, man, it's like I'll never forget when Omar looked at me. He's like, Diego, this is your band. And I'm like, OK, I guess I guess I have to make this happen. Yeah. And so that was when I put the process in place, created the group chats. I'm like, OK, we have to make sure mm -hmm. we're on top. And, you know, when I was working at the hospital, I didn't have much to do. So I use that, that opportunity to be like, okay, what do I need? I need spreadsheets. I need yeah. this, this, and that. And honestly, all that goes back to um, my education, actually, because uh, when I was working as a research assistant in a neuroscience lab, mm. my lab director, Dr. Uh, Jillian Wiggins, so shout out to her, um, she really like put like kicked my butt and mm -hmm. put me into shape for what it required, like 
for me in terms of to be a good like, research assistant, right? right so right. so we do we like do I was responsible for um, making sure that the data was collected properly, properly and we like you know saved it properly so we don't lose it. I mean, thousands of dollars worth of data because right. of this research we were doing. And so that kind of put like that that like was um, a good example of of or a good experience in, in being responsible because mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's stuff on there's money on the line right now. For sure. So I you know I remember once I started doing things I was thinking about my experience in the lab like mm-hmm. okay we need I need to take remember we, I would have meetings and we would yeah. I would take the notes the, the meeting time. notes all the, all time. the time we needed it, it was so minutes. crucial yeah 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 the, the the minutes yeah and so that's when I first implemented the process man and mm-hmm. that was cool and it it worked. It worked. It has been. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's successful. And the last gig we just did at La Pina mm-hmm. was incredible. We packed, I mean, the band packed everything. The vibe was amazing. We're about to drop some footage from what I understand yes, very yes, soon. Pretty, yeah, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's, okay. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm speaking on behalf of you. Thank you so much for everyone who came out. I, I mean, I play congas in there, so I feel very proud about this. <laughs> but yeah, that that again, these are the things that you look back on. And as a musician, as someone part of this community... You look back on those moments and you're like, that that is a special moment. You know, yes. to have all those dancers there from all these different dance schools, to have all these aficionados there, to have all the musicians there, all the people there. I mean, there was another party. There was like someone's 40th, like on the other side. Oh, right. And they yeah, just yeah, left yeah. their own party and came came over there. You know, those are very, very special moments. So, you know, as as a someone in the scene, I want to say thank you to you for all your hard work that you've oh, done since you. all those years. Honor. You know, to put together these kind of events and these kind of memories for everyone that was it's incredible. It's it, been incredible. It's been an honor, man. I mean, I'm grateful for everyone that's participated in it and mm-hmm. for everyone who's helped me out, let let you know, giving me their wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, I I guess one thing I've learned, I think, about about being a band leader, just a leader in general, is like you don't always have the answers and it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for feedback. Absolutely. You yeah. know, I think I it I, I truly believe it takes it takes a team, right? To yeah. make things happen. And even even I mean because right now we're known as the band that plays once a year, yeah. and uh, you know tr- we're trying to change that, right? Yeah. Because yeah, because the the last show, which was at uh, at Rebrew, which was also fun. Yeah. Because fun. because you know, that's when okay, like we're putting on a whole experience, right? To me, that was the next new thing mm-hmm. for Maracuya. It's like no, okay, I want people, like my whole hypothesis, right? Was mm-hmm. okay if if if. Um, Theme makes me feel good, mm-hmm. right? I love the music. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel good. It's got all the elements that I like. Mm-hmm. It connects. What I always tell people is that, okay, you know, because I grew up listening to the funk stuff because of my dad mm-hmm. and, you know, Earth, Wind & Fire and James Brown is like, okay, you know, Theme has those elements in it and that's why I love it. It's mm-hmm. part of it. And um, and I said to myself, okay, well, it makes me happy. This music makes me happy when I listen to it, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, I want people to experience that kind of happiness, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so I thought to myself, okay, this music... We, we should do something during the day in the summertime mm-hmm. when it's hot and beautiful outside. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to just be a good party. So I yeah. call it summertime fiesta. It's just nice. a party. We're just yeah. hanging out and there's food, you could, you know, food cooking. So Rebirth was cool because they had barbecue going on. Mm-hmm. You could smell it. They had great drinks. They made the maracuyaso in yeah, our honor, yeah, which yeah. was really good and delicious. Yeah, yeah. And they so, it sold out. Yeah. That drink sold out. But it was great because, you know, we had Saul, you know, um, spinning for us. Mm-hmm. So you were dancing. Dude, you're an incredible dancer. If you, Hey, for those who don't know, David is an incredible dancer. Rumor is. Right. Rumor is. <laughs> I'm working on it. But it was great, man. I look back on that footage, man. It was a blast. It you know, was, I've never hosted a party before, bro, especially yeah. nothing like that big. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was a blast. I'm grateful to everyone who came out, you know, um, last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was a great show. It was a lot of fun. And. I would say, man, that Bina was, it's its just only getting better, man. Yeah. Bina was a blast. So, yeah, thank you to everyone who came out and supported us. 
Pina, um, we really want you to be the home of Maracuya. <laughs> we want go. Pina. There you go. You heard it here. <laughs> to be the official home of Maracuya. <laughs> Make it happen, Pina. Come on now. And bring back those Red Bull slushies because yes, those things. Almost didn't play conga because of, we, because of those. We gotta call that the David special. Right? Please, the David please, special. the senior poppy special. Yeah, That's there you go. That. <laughs> yes, we're gonna make that happen, dude. We're yes. gonna make that happen. Yeah, and so good. and thank you to Topo Chico too, who sponsored thank man, who sponsored Chico. the event, yeah. and and that was a blast. I love Topo Chico. Yeah, man. I love Club Soda. So yeah, so it was great to have them there. But yeah, I mean, even as I look back at the at the footage and all the pictures. Everyone was having a good time, and it and it's another good example of that. Okay, well, we could fit in tight spaces. A seventeen-piece yeah, band, for sure. Right? Seventeen, so we but can again, make it work. That's the thing when you when you see this music really played. Right. That's the beautiful thing. I mean, right. of course, when these bands come here, you know, like we go to the Shell and we see them. Right. Or, or to the Conga Room in L.A. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so you, we see them on a stage. Right. Right. But when you see this this music for real you see this music as it's actually supposed to be you're like this you know it's like when you go to like a dance hall event like you're like the music's so loud you're vibrating you know and there's right. people like this and everything's sweaty but that's part of what it's supposed to be it's supposed to be everyone's just vibrating at the same time right you know? so that's why for me Pina is like that vibe was beautiful that was what it is every everyone was there right in front of the music it was perfect it's perfect yeah no it was honestly it was it was a blast, I, and it's funny because when when uh, when uh, Zach and Kyra, the homies from Barn Time, shout out to them, who also we couldn't have put on that that show without their support. So thank you so much, guys. Um, but yeah, I remember the original venue we had mm-hmm. said yes, and then said no, and then said yes, and then said no. So that's no. probably something the audience yeah. doesn't know. Yeah, they don't know that, that. Binia yes. was the the saving grace. Yes. So so thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Pina. Thank you, Barn guys from Barn Time. But, um, yeah, I remember when, when I went to check it out and I'm like, okay, looking around, I'm like, all right, this is spot. I look at, I look at Zach and get car. I'm like, all right, so what do you guys think? Like, oh, this is it. I'm like, all right, let's mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let's make yeah. it happen. Yeah. You know, cause of course I'm like trying to picture where we're going to fit, yeah. <laughs> but we made it work yeah. and it was perfect. And like you said, man, yeah, it's, I truly believe that the music has to be experienced a certain way. And that's going, been going in line with the hypothesis, which is, which is, I truly believe that that theme bar or any other genre, if you experience it a certain way, um, that you you'll really come to appreciate it on another level, yeah. right? on a deeper level. Yeah. Like you know, for example, I dude, I love Jamiroquai. Mm-hmm. I love I love that. It's one of my favorite favorite uh, groups, and I went all the way to England, you know, to see them mm-hmm. because I remember was looking up to see you know how I could see them live, right? If they were even still touring, because he had not released an album, I think, for a long time. And I remember thinking, okay, you know what? I have some friends in Europe. They're inviting me over to come. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, you know what? I'll, you know, this could be my chance to go see Jamaica because he's performing mm-hmm. in England. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I took, I went there for the first time. And then, you know, we were at this, uh, at this um, town called Nuke, which is on the southwest coast. Mm-hmm. It's the only place I have a surf competition, from my understanding, on the island, oh, right? Wow. Yeah. And um, it was this, uh, the Boardmasters Music Festival, and it was amazing. And, uh, once we were, you know, kind of up front and yes, it's a massive concert. So it's not necessarily like a dance hall or anything like that. But still, man, when when he started playing Little L, everyone was going off. Everyone knew the lyrics. Mm-hmm. It was like, yes, like and you could feel you could feel the vibe, the energy, the vibe was perfect. So, right. you know, that just really reinforced my love for that, for his music, right. you know, for that group. And so exactly that, like I, you know, for me, I was, okay, you know, trying to make sure that every time that we performed, that we kind of provide something like that, even if it's on a smaller scale. Yeah. And I think we, I think we, we have been doing that. Yeah. 
and so I'm I'm very proud of that. And Bina was just off, off it was just the best. Yeah, off the charts, off the hook, whatever you want to call it. It's it was amazing. Yep. Yeah, even for, you know for me because I was looking around. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see I'm looking around. I'm like taking it in. Like yeah, right. Like yeah, we're, yeah. Yes, like we we made it happen. Right. And to me, after after three months of that work, that's why even more so. I'm like yes, we made it happen. And yeah. so I'm really grateful to everyone who came out. Yeah. And that's something else that we should probably talk a little bit about. That it's when you come to one of these shows you're you're enjoying all the hard work but you might not be aware and i think purposefully are not aware of everything that it takes to put on a show like this right so yeah right in the band is one thing but the other thing is like okay what what about the marketing you know what about the the promotional material what about the videos what about the audio for the videos what about you know dealing with the venue what about the money for the venue and for the band and for the musicians what about the sound you have a 16 piece band you can't just show up and play. You need a full sound system with at least 16, if not more mics, you know, someone running on the, there's all of these things that, that take a lot of preparation, a lot of attention, just so you can walk into a show, hear everything, be comfortable and enjoy yourself. Right. right. So there's all of these months of preparation, right. That you, you have done the barn time guys have helped you out that you're working with Pina. So it's, you know, it's, it's one of these things that, as audience members, I would want everyone to know, like, okay, for something like this to sound this good and put together, it's a lot of work. And then again, to hear that the you know the venue pulls out last minute, you as the band leader need to have, you know, the the calm confidence to be like, okay, cool. Well, what's next? We're still gonna do this. We're not gonna pull out. We're not gonna you know we're gonna make this happen. And it's not easy. It is not easy. So, right. yeah, everyone know that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, the process it, it's true it's funny because i'm a so i'm a big history nerd dude mm-hmm. and um oh, yeah we've talked about this. yeah i'm a big history nerd and so and i love movies and stuff like that so to me like you know there's there's times where i'm watching movies and i'm like oh the character is like you know the leader right yeah. and he's like oh, like things are not going to plan yeah. right and it's just it's like the cliche right like yeah. okay he thinks he finds a way around that and finally triumph right and success right, right? right. because right. he had to pivot or whatever so I'm, now that I, when I watch these movies, I'm like, oh, that's what I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know that feeling. So, so like, you know, I just I quoted um, uh, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower earlier because mm. supposedly, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, supposedly, um, I'm just saying supposedly because you know, obviously, uh, I've only I think I read this a while ago. So, uh, if anybody wants to fact check me, please feel free. But my understanding is that uh, for the D-Day landings, mm-hmm. right, for June 6, 1944, that um, everything had to go perfectly yeah. right and apparently they were having issues with the weather mm. right and you can't land troops yeah right in normandy if the weather is not cooperating right and that's the other thing even now i have to take into account when i do an outdoor show because i'm yeah. like okay you know i'm hoping it doesn't rain right right exactly exactly <laughs> so or too so, hot or too hot or whatever yeah, yeah exactly so and so um apparently so i guess what had happened is that the meteorologist told him and his team his leadership team that there was going to be a small break in the mm. choppy waters or the terrible weather or whatever. Wow. And once the break came, he said, that's when he said, okay, let's go. Wow. Like that's supposedly what he said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody wants to fact check me, I'm going to fact check myself later today. Mm-hmm. But so that's why I'm like, okay, that must have been like crazy. You have all of this. I mean, this is war, right? It's not a show. But like, okay, the pressure. Yeah. Imagine the pressure, dude. Right, the pressure, right. Millions of men, like. We're talking lives life or stake. dead, lives yeah. at stake, you know, Countries at stake. all of these logistics, everything mm-hmm. has to do, go perfectly. So 
You know, I mean, that's a much huger scale, right? But right. to me, it was very, it felt that way sometimes. You're like, yeah. okay, th- like, okay, this is it. This is, mm-hmm. this is the best option and we're going to make it work. So let's go, you know? Well, I mean, the pressure there, at least in terms of the amount of time that all the musicians have given you, right? Because that, that's another aspect of this that as a band leader, you know, I can, I can say usually at this level, you're not really capable to, to pay someone really well for rehearsals. You know, like when you're, you know, if you're playing like Mark Anthony shows, something like that at that level, you're able to pay for rehearsals and it's long rehearsals and they're often. Right. So when you go on tour or things like this, you're very well prepared. For shows like this, you don't really have, typically, you don't usually have that kind of budget. So you are kind of just asking musicians to, you know, do their best to, to again, play music that's very difficult. This is not music that you can just kind of listen. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll figure it out. You have to like read this. Someone has to make all the <laughs> shout out to Jesse Aldella with these yes, clean charts, you, these amazing, amazing charts. Yeah. Um, and then the musician have to like learn it and then perform it to a certain level. Right. There's a lot of asking. So, I mean, the pressure is on. Right. Because we were also working on this for months, you know, yes. at least since I got into the band. Yes. Um, so it is very it is very similar. You know, of course, we're not dealing with guns or anything. But, <laughs> yeah. but. It's just it's yeah, it's like now I understand, like, OK, like, you know, the importance of a team. Right. You're part of the team. Yeah. David, I really appreciate always your help and your feedback. Mm. Um, but in, in exactly the same thing with Barn Time, guys, mm. you know, you know, I think being a part of a team, having a team is so important and so crucial. Um, and obviously, man, like, you know, I didn't go to school for music, mm-hmm. so I'm glad that I have, you know, you uh, to help me with, like, you know, the the aspects that, you know, I don't know of, mm-hmm. of music, of, like, when it comes to practicing and learning mm-hmm. how to play certain things. Um, but, you know, I'm even grateful for Omar and Jesse for being great mm-hmm. band leaders, yeah. right, for being great musical directors. I mean, Omar wasn't able to make the, the last show, but Jesse stepped up as a great musical director and and... I think that's the other beauty that like the other beautiful thing about about this group and what we're doing is that, um, you know, it's not just it's not just another gig. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we're, we're doing this, you know, because this this style of music, like you said, demands a lot. But I think as musicians, right, we, we want to get better. Yeah. We don't ever want to be complacent. And if we do, OK, maybe it's time to do something else. Right. But that's what I'm grateful. I think all of the musicians who have participated in the band so far. It's because they want the challenge, mm-hmm. and that's the fun part. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it is a lot, and so that's why I always, I always make it a point to attend every single sectional, mm-hmm. you know, that I ask people to volunteer the time for. Because I'm not gonna ask them to volunteer the time, and I'm not gonna be there. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah and so it's 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 quite the process, and I'm grateful that everyone understands, sees the big picture, sees what we're trying to do here. And and of course, I try to make sure that it's as simple for everyone mm-hmm. to know, you know, when, where, what, how much we're mm-hmm. going to make, um, what is required. And as musicians, as long as you do your homework, mm-hmm. come come to the rehearsals and obviously may, be, please be on time when yeah. we perform. Then we're good. Then we're good. And it should be easy. I know, right? <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're, you're fine. But um, but yeah, and 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 that's really what I always strive to do. Make it as simple for any, anyone that's going to come in, hear right. the charts, practice, come rehearse, and we're going to have fun. Right. And, and I love it because we always have fun. Yeah. Every dress rehearsal is great. Yeah. Our breaks really are always is. a good time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're like partying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's great. It's fun. And and to me, to have that has been very, has been a, honestly a unique experience, mm-hmm. at least in my time of playing a professional uh, as a professional musician you know um i'm trying to think what other what other moments like that but honestly not really because i've never been a part of something that's basically a production yeah 
I mean, I'll also just bring it back to the community thing, though. Like that, you know, I've one of the things that I really see a lot with Maracuya that I really, really appreciate uh, is again, I don't know if it's just this time in my life or whatever. When I was younger as a musician, I thought it was very individual. As long as I can play the best that I can play, as long as I can do my part to the best of my ability, I'm okay. I'm good. And as you get older, you realize it's never that. It's okay. How how are you performing within a band, right? Like how are you performing as a unit? How is the unit itself performing? And then okay, how is the unit itself connecting with the audience, right? Yes. Like how is it bridging that gap? Yes. Is the audience even listening? Is a lot is the audience giving you energy, and then you're able to respond with that energy, right? Then it's where Maracuyaza, which is like okay, well, what is the legacy of these things, right? Because yeah, musicians like to play things and be challenged. But there's a big difference between that and people packing piña, right, and right. creating these very special moments. You know, so for me, yes, that's cool. But I think that there's honestly a, a big understanding within the band. Uh, if I can speak for people to the best of my ability, I think there's a big understanding in the band and even in the audiences that these mem these memories and these moments are very special, uh, and it's very something, very much something that's centered here in San Diego. There's a lot of San Diego stamp on this. There's a lot of connection to a lot of different lived experiences here in San Diego. Uh, and, and also this band, even though we're playing a lot of Cuban music, you know, to the, to the standards that we should be playing them to, there's also a lot of, I mean, Juana, right? That, that's right. a perfect example of this band reflecting the San Diego roots that are everywhere as part of the band, you know, and it's yes. connecting with people in a different way than Bamban would, than, you know, Reve would, even though I love those bands more than anything. Right. You know, that Maracuya is connecting with people and people here in SoCal, um, and that's special, you know? It's very, very special. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's funny because right now you got me thinking in terms of um, just how, inter like, interesting, like, just like how Changuito ended up here, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, I'm grateful that, that I'm able to play this music, right? We are the ones bringing it to San Diego, and... Um, you know, I was just thinking too. It's just, I think to me that that's what, like, I should have put it. You know, the music because it has those elements that I think everyone can appreciate because mm -hmm. it's it just to me it's just such a beautiful music. It just even takes me back. It goes back even further. I think like even like you know I would watch um, these old Mexican movies with my mom, mm -hmm. and um, and this is like in the '40s and '50s, and there was so much. There's so many. There's so much Afro-Cuban music yeah. in those movies. The dancing, the rumberas, like. Mm -hmm. You know, there was, I remember um, they were singing uh, all like the cantos. You could hear the bata drumming. Yeah, you, could hear, yeah. you could hear rumba. Yeah. And then obviously all the mambo and stuff like that. So to me, it's just interesting because like, I think we're just continuing that kind of tradition. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, be, you know, especially being, at least for me, being, you know, Mexican-American, mm -hmm. my mom being from Tijuana, but she grew up watching those movies and mm -hmm. she still watches them. So to me, it's like, you know, we're still participating in this process. Yeah. We're just, you know, we're in San Diego right now. Mm -hmm. So I think there's something to that, right, where... You know, doesn't matter where you're from and culturally. I mean, it's important for us. Obviously, the connection is more direct. But I think what we've been doing is just continuing that process of the culture just moving through different places. Yeah. And how here in San Diego now it's turning into its own thing. Yeah. Right. Especially like Aquana is a great example. Shout out to um, to to Dante Loaiza. You know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Agua Dulce. Yeah. Because that song, everybody loves that song. I love that song. Yeah. It's a great. Awesome. It's a well-written song. It's beautiful. And it, like we've talked about before, the beautiful thing with that song. I mean, not the same thing, but the, on the concept of culture and movement and all these musics. I mean, we live in the Americas, man. You know, like the the formulation of the Americas happened in a way within 500 years, right? And again, we're, we're not discrediting the Amerindian peoples that had incredible sophisticated societies before European contact, right? right? right. We're, not, mm -hmm. we're not talking about that. That existed. Right. There's no, it's irrefutable. But everything that we understand 
about society today, the way that it is, the, the amount of time that all of that happened in is so small compared to the tens of thousands of years that, you know, at least 10,000 years that Amerindian peoples were here and the hundreds of thousands of years that humans have been around in Europe and the old world, right? So all of that crunched up together produces a very specific lived experience that is the Creole experience, right? That right. I would call it, um, which is our experience, like everything from North America, Central, South Caribbean. That's why all these cultures, they get along so well, right? Like when, you, when I listen to Jamaican music, it's, it's not so far removed, you right, know? Right, right. When I listen to, you know, reggaeton, it makes sense to me. You know, when I listen to all kinds of other music from across the Americas, right? It all makes sense. Haitian music they're very similar for these ways, right? For these reasons. What's beautiful is understanding how, you know, in, in the United States especially, we tend to talk about cultures like they're finite. You right. know, oh, well, Mexican cultures. Mexicans don't listen to salsa. And then you put on these 40s, these movies from the 40s, and there's bata in the back. Right, exactly. You know? and it's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Whoa, that's way more. That's so deeper. You know, exactly. that's, that's religious music, you know? Exactly. <laughs> that's religious exactly. music that are just in the background. Right. right. So all of this kind of, these divisions don't really mean much to me, you right. know? There are, of course, these kind of like, you know, like if you're, if you throw a, a paintbrush at a blank canvas, mm -hmm. the paint is gonna hit the paintbrush and you're gonna see all these splatters everywhere. You know, you throw enough, you do that again as many times as possible, you're gonna see all these different splatters hitting. You have these centers, but you always have these interlaps, right? Right. Uh, and the beautiful thing is, you know, as an ethnomusicologist, musician, and person, I love following those intersections, you know? Uh, and Juana to me is one of those intersections and it's our paintbrushes here in San Diego and we have a lot of these different influences coming in. Right. But the beauty is being able to see how people are taking that and then progressing it, right? And how it's gonna change here in the next few years, right? And right. seeing what we do with all this kind of stuff and how you lead the band um, and how people respond to it. It's all active. It's always happening. Yeah, it's it's a what would you say uh, the right word for that is like it's dynamic, right? It's, it's dynamic. It's, it's always going on. Never static. And I think it's and and honestly, man, I, I like you said, I, th I it's beautiful to be a part of that process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it is now. Like we we went from being musicians who were just at the you know studying. We oh, I want to be good, mm -hmm. right? I want to be able to play this way. To now, it's like no, we have to come together. I think this music even makes us do it even more. Oh, so right, right, yeah. right. We we have to. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and to now, okay, now we're putting on events. Now, now mm -hmm. we're able to do that, mm -hmm. right? We've mm -hmm. got we've gained enough experience and knowledge. And we can make these things happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm grateful to be a part of it, man. I mean, like even me getting like being able to play with like the B side players, for example. They're another good example, man. Yeah. I think another good example Absolutely. of that, like the different, the different, the melding of the of the different sounds, right? From Absolutely. South from Latin America. And then it's happening here in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Like to me, it's that's been always been a a great honor to be able to to play with them. Yeah. You know? They're awesome. So they're awesome. Yeah. I mean, it and we're right here, man, right on the border. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. it, it, it only makes sense. Yeah. You know, it only makes sense. Yeah, a lot of these boundaries, they don't really, they're political, yeah. they exist, you know, well, there's it's, ramifications for well, sure. Right. And I, I think it's beautiful, beautiful also like, you know, uh, surprising people, I think, with, with this because, you know, for example, like with my mom. So my mom, even though she's from Tijuana, when she came over here, she came over here when Jimmy Carter was president, mm -hmm. right? That's when, that's when, um, you know, my grandfather and my grandmother and then my mom and her siblings. Mm -hmm. So they immigrated here, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, my mom used to love watching Soul Train. Mm. 
you know, Absolutely. and loved, yeah, and her favorite, hit, you know, hip hop. She loves hip hop. We went yeah. to the 50 Cent concert. Oh, <laughs> yeah. nice. She wanted to go. Nice. And nice. I, you know, to me, okay, you know, 50 Cent's great, you know, but, you know, yeah. but, but I wouldn't have gone to that, but I only went because my mom was really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's cool. I had fun. I had a blast, but it wasn't something like, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to that. Like, that's what I want to go see. It, it, for some reason, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just all the stuff that's going on in my, you know, in my, okay. in my life, but. <laughs> But I'm glad I went. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad I went. I'm glad I went and I got to have a good time. And, nice. you know, like my mom was singing all the songs. Did these songs? Yeah. yeah. Wow. But, so, but the thing is her favorite hip hop tune yeah. is, um, is the Sugar Hill, the Sugar Hill Gang song. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. her favorite, her wow. favorite hip hop tune of all time. Yeah. And, um. Rappers Delight. Yeah. Rappers Delight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she, her mind was blown when I told her that, um. That DJ Cool Herc is from Jamaica originally. Yeah, and and I told her there's like there's there's a connection between Jamaica and hip hop. Absolutely. And and she was like, what? I had no idea. And I think it's cool to recognize that. It's mm-hmm. cool to see to see that like the again kind of like the like you just said all the Cuban stuff in the Mexican movies. Yeah. Right. Yep. So hip hop, you know, the Jamaican connection. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. It's it's beautiful to see the movement of it. I think and how it turns into something else. Salsa would not be salsa if it wasn't for New York. There you go. I always tell, I mean, the students, they get so confused, you know, because I, oh, Salsa's American music. What? What do you mean? New York? I thought it was, let's, no, no. It's American music. If it wasn't for New York, if it wasn't for the pressures that it was, that it was in the 70s to grow up in New York, that is not the way it was to, today, grow, right? Grow up in the barrio. In the barrio. If it wasn't for those, that specific combination of elements, that catalyst, we wouldn't have it. Like, that's, it wouldn't because the music, if you look at Venezuela, you look at Colombia, if you look at Cuba, if you look even Mexico, uh, Perez Prado, the stuff right. he was doing there, you know, all those things were operating differently. Um, if it wasn't for New York in the 70s, we wouldn't have what we know today as salsa. That's an American city. But what a lot of people, for whatever reason, kind of miss is that, you know, America by itself, the United States, that's what has always made. I mean, New Orleans and jazz, like right. the connection between the Caribbean and New Orleans is the reason why jazz has a lot of its rhythm. You right. Know? So, and other things as well. It's all connected. Yeah. And that's the most beautiful thing for me. Exactly. It's not that it's this purity kind of situation. It's everyone's always listening and like humans do. That's right. what we do. Exactly. And and to me, I mean, and this is just me personally, man. I mean, you're the you're the expert, right? And so but I would say that to me, that's why I think I fell in love with Dima. Mm. That's why I think I fell in love with it, because it represented this like this this fusion yeah. you know and to me it's like okay we you know my mom's from mexico mm-hmm. luckily I, i'm you know i'm fluent in spanish mm-hmm. you know I, it took some effort you know to retain that way it's so easy so easy to, to lose for a while i was kind of struggling with yeah, it. yeah but um i made it a point to practice and i think the the just listening to music in spanish really yeah. helped but yeah i'm like yeah dude, i love the beatles and then when i found out juan formel loves the beatles too You're right you know yeah, yeah, exactly. um i remember i remember i was showing fausto cuevas mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, the intro to Anda Veni Muevete that we performed. Yeah. But he didn't recognize the song. Yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, I was like, hey, Fausto, check, listen, like, do you recognize the song? He's yeah. like, what is it, a Beatles song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hey, well, you know, I guess you could kind of argue, kind of. you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, kind like, it's Anda Veni Muevete. He's like, oh, okay, that's cool, that's cool. Yeah. But exactly that. Yeah. I'm like, you know, yeah, because I love the Beatles. Yeah. I love Earth, Wind, and Fire and James Brown. And so yeah. To me, when I hear this music, I think that's why it spoke to me, man. Mm-hmm. It's that fusion, it's that mixing, it's that it's that it's it's dynamic. Yeah, it's dynamic. Yeah. So, and again, I think the music itself lists or it speaks to a lot of people. It right. speaks to many people. I mean, shout out to Kai Real, a bunch of Swedes. Yeah. You know, like yes, yes, killing this music, killing yes. this music. So, I think it's you know, 
as an ethnomusicologist, when I look at, and there's many different music. I mean, reggae is another great example of this. Right. You know, I mean, jazz, there's many, there's many, but there, there are musics that really speak to, you know, the, the manner in which people will naturally mix. Yes. When ears are open, minds are open and hearts are open. That's just what people do. Right. People love to see someone else. They love to be, be inspired by someone else. And they love to see the journey that they're taking on when they find another perspective. Exactly. And music is so direct in that way of being able to push people and connect with people and bring people together. Food does the same thing, but music is visceral because music is, you, it's somatic. You feel it and then you think about it and then it changes you. Absolutely. That quickly. Absolutely. So, yeah, man. Well, where can people follow you so they can stay up to date with all the Maracuya stuff and everything else you got planned going on? How can people get in contact with you if they want any kind of, well, if they want the details on the Senior Poppy Slushy at Pina that's going to happen <laughs> in December? So, we're going to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're definitely going to make that happen. Well, before, real quick, I just wanted to touch on what you just said. You know what I thought was also incredible? Is to is to listen to Ignacio Arango's oh experiences because yes, shout because, out to Ignacio, so, that yes, whole Ignacio, yes, and, Arango. and Los Hermanos Arango, yes, because he's like, come, since he's Cubano, I mean, yeah. he when he was sharing with us, like when he was like watching the programs that he his TV picked up or yeah, something, yeah. I can't remember the, the exact details, but how he got exposed to American music and he loves it, yeah, like yeah. he loves like George Benson and yeah. all, like he's a guitar player, so. So to me, I love, I also love hearing that side of things, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, okay, that's cool that you heard all this stuff, right? right. I mean, I, I wasn't alive at the time, but still, either way, like, that's incredible that it just, you know, affected him that way, too. Right, right, right. So, but yeah, so I, I, I mean, maybe that's who you need to interview next. That's one <laughs> of the have, next ones. Him, that's yeah, what, yeah. I'm like, I have to like read a lot before I'm ready to sit down with because he's been through so much. Like, he's, all mm -hmm. the books that I read about, like, what Havana was like in Topicana and right. all of this stuff. And he, he was there. He was there. <laughs> like he was in those bands. I, every time we do a gig with him, he's like, who are you talking about? Oh yeah. Let me tell you a story. And he's yeah. hanging out with Fidel or whatever, you know, or hanging right, out right. with like such and such musician or seeing such and such famous musician, you know, like at such and such performance. He's like, I have to be ready for that. Right. You know, like, right. Exactly. You know, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And 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 I'm just grateful that I'll, he we got to you know have him play with Maracuya. Yeah. And, you know to sub for Omar. You know that was incredible. It's incredible. Huge honor. And so, but yeah, man, yeah, Ignacio is uh, one of San Diego's best musicians. I I would say incredible, incredible guitar a treasure. player. A treasure. He he read our gig, dude. I mean, I know people were reading the gig. I know you were reading. I know he goes, but he like <laughs> was reading the whole time, very focused. If you look at the footage, oh man, Ignacio's just reading, 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 and his. His music stands out to here because he still uses paper. Oh, yeah. It's like 12 <laughs> page. 12 yeah, page. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. But, yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. But, so to answer your question, well, we are an Instagram Maracuya band. Go mm -hmm. give us a follow. Um, feel free to message us. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I always try to make sure I answer, you know, all of them, you know, accessible, of course. Just go follow that. Instagram is the best. I mean, we're on Facebook as well, Maracuya band. Um, so, feel free. Hit me up. Any questions, of course, I'm going to keep everybody posted. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, just stay tuned. You know, we're working on the next show. Um, so go follow us, and we'll see you at the next show. Be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at peopleplusart. That's P-E-O-P-L-E-P-L-U-S-A-R-T on Instagram to keep up with the latest and with all of our upcoming episodes. You're listening to Original Music Performed and composed by Tonga Rasmao. All of his social media links will be posted in the show notes so you can connect with him if you might want to collaborate or listen to more of his amazing music.
Be sure to like and be sure to share. We're always looking for recommendations for who you want me to speak to next. So if you might have an idea for a great artist, doesn't matter what the discipline is, shoot me a message on Instagram. Thank you.